0: Hi, I'm Mac. Hi, I'm Abigail. And this is Unsubs. This is the podcast where we recap, rate, and review all 324 episodes of Criminal Minds. And today we're talking season four, episode twenty-one, Shades of Gray. Yep, yeah, thanks. <laughs> season four, episode twenty-one, Shades of Gray, in which probably my favorite line ever uttered on the show
1: is uttered. This episode is giving me hardcore Jean-Benet Ramsey vibes, yes, but I yes. did I did want to do my deep dive on that because. I guess this is my fun fact. That's one of those um, cases where I like know a lot about it, but at the same time, I feel like I don't. It's like I did watch the documentary casting Jean Renee. Oh my God, it was awful. I hated it. It was so bad. That was such a. (laughs) It was like interesting, but like I did watch it, but I still feel like I have opinions on who I think did it, but I know that. Not a ton of people share that opinion with me, so.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that you didn't do a deep dive on it because it's super, like, I mean, the comparisons are obvious with this one, um, but I I appreciate that you went a different direction because we are trying to, like, you know, be a little true crime adjacent, so we're not always... Like, fucking, spoiler, I did a fucking deep dive on echolocation for the next one, and I guess there is a little bit of true crime in it that I was not
1: expecting. It it also is, like, if we're gonna talk about Jean Monet, we're gonna need to dedicate, like, a whole episode to it. Like, it's that's not something that you can do in, like, a seven-minute, like...
0: I don't know. I just would feel wrong about it, to be honest. Like that's one of those cases I just feel like leave her alone. Like, just leave her alone. Let her be. All right. Do you want to hear my non-John Bonet Ramsey related fun fact? Yes. I brought a simple syrup from home to work in like a, a basically like a Tupperware container. So it's just a fucking simple syrup. It's like a Starbucks simple syrup. It's not thick. It's not like, like, it's literally like water and like flavoring, but it's, it's not meant to be refrigerated. And I come into my work today and it's exploded inside my top desk cabinet, like spilled down onto my computer, not on my keyboard. I don't know how that managed to not happen, but that sucked. And then I'm going to have lunch. And I fucking have a microwave delicious oatmeal I'm super fucking hyped with. uh, And that explodes as well. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to eat. So I'm like sitting in my friend's car and I'm like going to like (laughs) see what else I have to eat because I don't have anything. And I have chips and the fucking chips spill out because the bag is open like I go to grab the chips and the chip bag is open and they go everywhere I don't know like what even happened today why everything is exploding but like <laughs> why was the chip bag open why did the simple syrup explode why did the oatmeal explode I have no answers so that's my my funny that's facts. awful yeah it was awful but I did have just have a salad before we started recording and that was fine thank god that's good the spell is over.
1: I, uh, my, my fun fact. Do we, Do I need to do another fun fact? I already talked about John Bernard. You don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> my fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that I watched so many episodes of Criminal Minds today um, to to be to prepare to to be to be in the zone. Part of that reason is because last night, uh, my boyfriend has decided that I have to watch Torchwood. Not super exciting, but, you know,
0: we're grown-ass adults with lives. That's- my exploding Simple Syrup is the most exciting thing to happen to me all week.
1: Yeah, what do you want- like, I'm not gonna be airing how, uh, awful work feels. Like, you know, I'm not gonna be talking about my workplace drama. Oh, you guys! We instead are going to talk about child murder. Da 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 da. I'm doing jazz hands. You can't, you can't see it, but child murder.
0: Bum bum bum. Our favorite. Actually, I really do like this episode, though.
1: (laughs) I mm, yeah. Oh, okay. I had mixed feelings about it. Okay, fair enough.
0: Um, Do you want to share our rating criteria?
1: Yes, so our rating criteria, as always, is uh, each episode can get up to 100 points. There are five categories, and each category can get up to 20 points. And those categories are serial killer, fuck, criminal, serial killer, character development, character arcs, forensics and context, script writing, background characters. And we are in no way, shape,
0: or form associated with the television show Criminal Minds, but one day we will be. We're rounding
1: our five of Abigail's Criminal
0: Minds extravaganza.
1: Oh, it's probably even more than that because I take forever to write my recaps. <laughs>
0: I think you started watching at like 1.30 and it's now like 6.20.
1: I think that's when you texted me. Probably. I just want to take a bath and not think about this. (laughs) You've got like three episodes to cover. We can do it. We'll do it. It'll be like, we can do it in to three
0: hours. Yeah. This is an episode where we're talking about kids dying. So if you want to skip that, skip that. Is that a right way
1: to say it? Yes? Yeah, the way you said it was fine.
0: I'm just trying to remember what the guy on Case File says because he's like, "This episode deals with the death of a child. <laughs> if you don't want to listen, it may not be suitable for all of
1: you. <laughs> I don't know why that got me so hard. That's literally what he sounds like because he's Australian. You should keep that in. This
0: episode deals with the death of a child. Or like an incident revolving a child or family, like he'll say that.
1: This episode involves a crime against children. It may not be suitable for all listeners.
0: We open in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and there's one of those road signs that has like Amber Alert on it. And we learned that seven-year-old Kyle Murphy is currently missing. Kyle is the third boy to go missing in the Cherry Hill area, the previous two boys having been found strangled to death in a local forest. Their names were Jimmy Seeger and Andy Lozier, Um, and Kyle was taken last night, so the BAU is fresh on the case. We cut to a press conference at the Murphy House. We meet Kyle Murphy's family, mother Sarah, father Dan, and older brother Danny. Well, I didn't connect the Dan and the Danny, but that makes sense. Daniel, so Danny is probably a Dan Jr. Gross. We also meet Detective, I'm sorry, did you just take offense at Junior's? (laughs)
1: i just think it's so (laughs) self-involved i love people
0: with wild names who are you meet them and they're like the fourth and you're like really all right we also meet detective bill lancaster um and he's the family's police liaison and he has to step in because kyle's family is so distressed during the press conference that they're not able to continue just as Detective Lancaster finishes, Morgan Prentice, and Rossi roll up at the crime scene. We also learned that Detective Lancaster is a family friend of the Murphys, which the BAU quickly notes is a conflict of interest, but they don't really push it. And we all know that the BAU doesn't really care about conflicts of interest. You should have taken this off property.
2: Well, the truth is I wanted to do this out of the station. Danny and Sarah didn't want to leave the house case Kyle comes back. It's Kyle. Uncle Bill, we're friends and neighbors. Dan and I grew up around here. You know, your involvement in this case could be a conflict of interest. I appreciate your concern, but uh, I'm not going to stand around while Kyle's still out there. I know the other two cases. I didn't want to admit this to the press, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Kyle's a third victim. You know what we're looking at. Ninety-nine percent of abducted children are killed in the first 24 hours.
0: Inside the Murphy house, Prentice sits down with Kyle's family. She tells them that abductions from the home are rare, because abductions are typically about timing or opportunity, like a child walking home alone or being separated at a shopping center. Prentice then proceeds to give the Murphys a profile? (laughs) I I think this may be the fastest an episode has
1: ever gotten to a
0: profile.
1: Yeah, I was like, where did this come from?
0: Yeah, and did the parents really need all of these details? But I I guess so. Um, Would you like to share this this
1: profile? (laughs) Due to the home abduction, this is a sophisticated high-risk crime. Whoever did this has good social skills. He is highly functioning and has a steady job. He wouldn't look out of place, and you wouldn't be alarmed if your children were talking to him. So he may be wearing a uniform like a delivery man or mail carrier. Whoever c- took Kyle has likely been in the house before. He knew the family routine, knew exactly where Kyle slept, and got Kyle outside without anyone hearing a sound. Prentice asks
0: Kyle's older brother, Danny, if any strangers tried to talk to him or Kyle, and Danny says no and then tearfully asks if he can go and play. Mr. Murphy then tells Emily that Danny doesn't really understand what's going
1: on, and Prentice reassures him. All I'm going to say is at this point, my god complex kicked in. How how old
0: is Danny? He just seems a couple of years older. Yeah.
1: Let me, I'll see if I can look it up.
0: Yeah, so if... if um. If Kyle is seven, maybe Danny is 10, maybe he's nine. So we cut to the Cherry Hill police station. Reed Hotch and JJ are trying to narrow down suspect pools.
2: After the first two abductions, Cherry Hill compiled a list of registered sex offenders in Camden County. There are 439 within a 30-mile radius of where the boys were taken. They have been knocking on doors, conducting interviews. They haven't been able to come up with anything. They should have called us in earlier. There are a lot of these men we can eliminate right away. Right. No one new to the area, the Sunset knows these neighborhoods. That takes time. Victims are three boys, so cross off anyone who targets females. We can eliminate anyone whose preferential age is under seven or over eleven. These boys look nothing alike, so discount suspects who have a very specific type. If the victims have only brown or blonde hair, they're off the list. Our unsub's taste is more broad. Looks like his preference is based more on age instead of physical characteristics. Let's make a special pile for more organized offenders. Anyone who's been arrested for stalking, uh, breaking and entering, burglary. How are we doing so far?
0: Uh, with these parameters, I can probably cross off half the names. J.J. calls Garcia, having narrowed the list down to 10 names. She asks Garcia to run these 10 names through her system and to look for any suspicious behavior. So one name on this list has no activity coinciding on the days of the first two abductions. And J.J. says, quote, he was too busy with them to make any calls or spend any money Cut back to the Murphy house, Detective Lancaster walks Rossi through the abduction. In Kyle's room, Rossi notices how Kyle's sheets were pulled off the bed and there are toys that are broken, and it looks like there was a struggle. This is consistent with the first two abductions. There's also a smashed window in the basement, and Morgan believes this window was smashed from the outside. The unsub then took Kyle and left through a side door. The entire BAU team, plus Lancaster, returned to the precinct, where the BAU has now further narrowed down the list of 10 names, but they're zeroing in on Hugh Rollins. He's 43, lived in Camden County his whole life, in and out of foster care since he was a toddler. Foster care does not directly link to you being a fucking pedophile or serial killer, so it's shitty that they said that, but that's what they said. Two years ago, Hugh got a steady job installing TVs, and the first two families purchased TVs. Rollins also had no cell or bank activity on the days the first two boys were abducted. However, the BAU has not been able to link him to Kyle yet, but they don't want to wait, so they just go over to Rollins' house. And Rollins is definitely their guy. They find souvenirs, stuffed animals from the boys, the two first victims. And there's pedophilic material on Rollins' computer. Rollins has also been hiding out in an RV that's just parked on the side of his house. Rollins runs out of the RV and Detective Lancaster comes out of the house and starts shooting at Rollins, which is like, dude, like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he misses and... Fucking Rollins tries to climb this fence and Morgan yeets him off the fence and Morgan's like, Detective Lancaster, you could have fucking killed him and then we never would have known what happened to Kyle. Morgan tells Lancaster that he's too close to this case and Lancaster tells Morgan that Kyle's not here and he's not going to stop looking for Kyle until he's found. Rossi interrogates Rollins, who admits to killing the first two boys, but wants a deal before he tells the BAU about Kyle. While Rollins delivered TVs to the first two boys' house, he never took one to the Murphy residence. Hotch delivers a deal to Rollins, who tells Hotch that he threw Kyle's body in the river. And Hotch is like, no, you did not. You need to revisit the body. And Lancaster is upset with the lack of progress. He freaks out, and then he says he's going to go search the woods for Kyle because the other two boys' bodies were found in the woods.
2: Look, we have this guy. Huh? He's about to confess. He's done everything the same. Let's nail him. He won't confess without the deal. We need more evidence. Well, then we got to find Kyle. That'll prove it, right? What about the woods? Well, it's 100,000 acres to cover. He's out there somewhere. I'm not sticking around here. He's too close to this. <sighs> We've warned him.
0: It's 100,000 acres? I think they're fucking a 100,000 acres. Uh, and Lancaster's like, it's fine, I'm going. And Hodge is like, he's too close to this case. And I wrote, you think? Yeah, he definitely is. Back at the Murphy house, Rossi and Reed look for more evidence to use against Rollins. They don't find anything new in Kyle's room, but his older brother Danny's room, uh, they find something interesting. Danny has a bunk bed, and it's clear that Danny utilizes the top bunk of the bed but the BAU finds that the bottom bunk has been slept in and find that someone wet the bed in the bottom bunk. They also find one of Kyle's toys in the bed, and they realize that Kyle must have slept in Danny's room last night. And if Kyle slept in Danny's room, why was Kyle's room destroyed and why was it made to look like Kyle was taken from that room? Cut to the woods. We have a straight-up fucking Stephen Avery moment where the car is immediately discovered the second they start searching the fucking lot. With the hundreds of cars, the first person finds it instantly. Fucking Lancaster finds Kyle's body immediately. Immediately. Morgan and Prentice, note how Kyle's body is gently placed on the ground while... Rollins, quote, discarded the two previous boys like trash. Although Rollins definitely killed the first two boys, the BAU does not believe he killed or abducted Kyle Murphy. Now they're thinking that someone else killed and abducted him and made it look like a similar crime scene to the first two crime scenes. So now the BAU thinks that a member of Kyle's family killed Kyle and that Detective Lancaster, their friend, is involved in the cover-up. Rollins finally admits to Rossi that Kyle was, quote, and this is disgusting, you guys, quote, too young, not my type. Rossi then confronts Lancaster, who denies doing anything wrong, but he says to Rossi, Rossi, you got a killer in custody. You got this guy. Let's end it now. And then Morgan steps in and asks Detective Lancaster if they can talk in his office. And Detective Lancaster basically begs Morgan and Rossi to look the other way. Meanwhile, Prentice confronts the Murphys. Um, she goes to their house. Prentice asks Dan Murphy who killed their son, and Dan denies knowing who killed his son. Then Sarah Murphy comes over to comfort her husband, and she holds his hand, and Prentice is like, wait a minute. You've been holding hands since I first saw you.
2: What's wrong with that? When couples lose a child, the grief is overwhelming. They often blame each other, and they drift apart. That's what happened to the Seekers, but you two are different. It's it's like you're protecting each other. So, I'm going to ask you again. What happened last night? Did you or Sarah, did you get upset with Kyle? No. Was there an accident? No. Then what are you hiding?
0: We cut to the police station where Morgan and Hotch are still confronting Detective Lancaster. We learned that Detective Lancaster's two children were killed in a car crash by a drunk driver three years ago. His wife divorced him right afterwards. Lancaster then admits to killing Kyle himself, and Morgan is like, okay, man, put it in writing. Prentice brings the Murphys into the station. Hotch comes out and tells them that Lancaster has just confessed. And so Hotch takes Mr. and Mrs. Murphy into an interrogation room and then leaves Prentice to distract Danny. Danny asks Prentice for a snack and she gives him Sprite and potato chips. He then asks Prentice if he can watch cartoons. And as Prentice is flipping through the channels to find a cartoon, uh, the TV plays the press conference that the Murphys gave when Kyle was missing. And Prentice notices that Danny looks like so bored during his missing brother's press conference. He's like, oh, I'm so bored right now. I wish I could be anywhere else. Cue Danny start smashing the potato chip bag to try to get it open. And Prentice is like, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. no." Prentice then asked Danny if he and Kyle played together. Uh, and this is it guys this is my favorite line so far in the series are you ready yes and Danny says quote only when I had to he was always breaking my stuff not gonna miss that did you and Kyle play together
2: only when I had to he was always breaking my stuff yeah I had a little cousin who did that it'd make me crazy
1: not gonna miss that
0: not gonna miss that
1: <laughs> that's so oh man not gonna
0: miss that when I watched this episode a couple months ago I was in my car alone in the parking lot of my work drinking a can of seltzer and I literally spat the seltzer cause I was drinking it when he said the line and I just I regurgitated the seltzer much like my simple syrup regurgitated itself all over my desk not gonna miss that Danny also tells Prentice that he hated when Kyle would sleep in his bunk bed because it was for his friends. And then Danny tells Prentice that Kyle actually broke his model plane this morning. And Prentice is like, this morning
1: as in today? I like forgot that it had been like less than 24 hours.
0: Yeah, they were fucking, they came in hot on this. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, guys, Danny killed Kyle. And it's actually really awful. Uh, We flash back and we see Dan Murphy finding Kyle's body in the basement. And Danny is just like playing with his plane. um, And it's only when he realizes that he's in trouble that he starts to, I wrote, quote unquote, cry. The Murphys then call in Detective Lancaster who step in to... who who steps in to stage the scene. Lancaster breaks the windows, breaks the toys, brings Kyle's body to the woods, where he later pretended to discover it, Uh, much like that woman pretended to discover that car of uh, Teresa box and the Avery auto salvage lot. Hot fucking take right there. We cut back to Detective Lancaster in the interrogation room, and he says, quote, They're good people. They don't deserve to lose both kids. Kyle would be a third victim, and we would catch a bad guy, a real bad guy, and they might still have a chance to be a family again. Outside of the interrogation room, JJ brings Reed and Hotch Kyle's autopsy report. He had two post-mortem blows to his head, and these were from Lancaster. We also learned that Danny stuffed playing parts down his brother's throat. That got me. And then the music starts to swell and Prentice goes to talk to the Murphys and she said, quote, You told Danny to watch his temper. What else did you worry about? Danny told me what he did to Kyle. Do you know what he did?
2: Yes, we know everything he did Danny stuffed plain parts down Kyle's throat what oh girl. she wouldn't do that you told Danny to watch his temper what else did you worry about Danny said you had a puppy but he died your son is ill and he needs help the truth is the only thing Danny isn't capable of is remorse he feels nothing the son you were trying to
0: protect is a sociopath after the Murphys hear this, they look over and just see Danny just sitting there eating potato chips, staring at them. And I was like, oh, my God. Detective Lancaster resigns. Uh, He's got a dramatic monologue, but I just didn't care enough to
1: write it down. Not going to miss that. Not going to miss that. This is the youngest uh, murderer in all of Criminal Minds. So... Good for you, Danny. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So basically, um, I found this article, and it's about the signs of psychopathic tendencies in kids. Usually the kids who do ha- have it are cruel and unemotional a lot of the time. Um, and it's also, it's not like you are or you aren't. It's more of like if it's a continuum and that like elements occasionally elements will be found in kids but it's more of like do these trends continue and how how far as we've talked about before it's not like an official mental health diagnosis it's usually like used to describe like cluster of characteristics and behaviors so the prevalence though is that only like about 1% of the adult population like even meets that criteria we know some of the like warning signs of like Cruel to animals, bedwetting, like what we've seen in Criminal Minds. But there's another. There's some other studies, and these are the warning signs. So this study asked, you know, primary caregiver, the other parent, or teacher, daycare provider, to rate callous slash unemotional behavior between ages two to four on the following items, and those items are one, your child doesn't seem guilty after misbehaving. Two, punishment doesn't change your child's behavior. Three, your child is selfish slash won't share. Four, your child lies. Five, your child is sneaky and tries to get around you. So then the researchers would follow up with those children again when they were nine years old and discovered that the kids who exhibited the most conduct issues as a toddler were likely to exhibit behavior problems associated with psychopathy later in childhood. And then the diagnosis would be like, you know, there's not a single test, but there are several different assessments that are available. And the most commonly used one is this youth psychopathic traits inventory, which is a self-report instrument, meaning that adolescents are given the test and asked to answer the questions about themselves. It's meant to be a measure of personality traits rather than behavior When it has been tested on incarcerated or institutionalized youth, it has been shown to be really reliable. And these are the symptoms that it tests and assesses for, which is dishonest charm, grandiosity, lying, manipulation, callousness, unemotionality, impulsiveness, thrill-seeking, and irresponsibility. My other tiny little deep dive, which is really quick, is just about um, how parents often do split up when they have the death of a child. There are lasting impacts of losing a kid. A lot of the time parents will like kind of like blame each other or they'll have like, different methods of grief, which don't work really well. But basically, is divorce inevitable? No, it's not, but it is common. And whether a relationship survives on several factors, which is, like, how strong the relationship was prior to the loss, cause and circumstances surrounding the loss, coping skills each person has prior to the loss, or, and also, like, how much support the couple gets. Looks like there isn't a super, like, clear-cut like these are the things that have to happen you absolutely will divorce but it's pretty common (laughs) yeah and the advice for that would be to get help and support like keep a journal and write all your heavy emotions you know look for inspirational literature expect to feel emotions at levels you may have never felt before like whether that's anger or sadness expect the grief to take much longer than you think it should or that it will and surround yourself with people who won't judge you so that's my deep dive
0: <laughs> well do you want to rate this episode yeah
1: what do you think about Danny he was kind of, i mean it's it's always disarming to have a violent child Yeah,
0: I think we should also give him some points for being the youngest offender in Criminal
1: Minds. True. We absolutely should. What do you think? Do you want to give him like a 15? Sure. Character development character arcs? There really weren't any. No, there wasn't. Do you want to give it like a 5 or do you want to give it like a 10?
0: Give it like a 10. looks in Context? It's funny because, like, when we get the profile, it actually has nothing to do with the case. But, like, I kind of like that they came in thinking it was one thing and then, like, discovered it was something else. But we don't. But on the other hand, we don't ever get, like, a profile for Dan. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, I felt like it was a little bit too all over the place. What do you think? Ten. Sure. Script writing. Okay, we gotta give it a 20 for that line. Not gonna miss that. Not
0: gonna miss that.
1: Alright, background characters. I did not like Lancaster. Me neither. Do you wanna give it a 7? Sure. 62.
0: Uh, thanks for tuning in. Get hyped. Big Wheel is dropping as the next episode. I'm really excited. We're about to record it. Uh, and you can follow us on Sub's podcast on all of the things. We have new merch because we have that awesome new design. We have a Patreon. We have a Kofi. We have tons of links in the show notes. You can follow me, yournewapartment.tumblr.com.
1: You can follow me at the Tweet, Stage, and Screen podcast on all streaming services and on Instagram. Well, peace out, you guys.